by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hong. Thanks, everybody. Wow. Helen, I get feedback from people all the time, by which I mean once. And uh, what they all tell me is they enjoy our lighthearted banter at the beginning of the show. Wow, that's amazing, because I always think it's a little weird. <laughs> Today on Go Fact Yourself, <laughs> two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet the first of today's guests. Helen, who's up first? She is an actress and New York Times best-selling author of four books, including Wherever You Go, There They Are. It's Annabelle Gerwitz. Annabelle Gerwitz, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Welcome, Hello. Annabelle. Congratulations on being a New York Times best-selling author. Seriously. Uh, tell us about how you transitioned from being a successful actor and host into being a writer. Failure. Oh. Oh. First it goes from crying to ice cream and then sitting in front of your computer and that's just like typing. A that's a Thursday for me, so I don't know. Oh. Um, no, I, you know what? I just sort of found a way of um, just turning my pain into books. And it's just been fantastic for me and for some readers. <laughs> some. Now, how do you find out that you are a New York Times bestselling author? They send you an email, and it's, and it's not the one that I've also gotten like, well, your book's not dead yet. Because, oh. oh. you know, that can happen. Um, and uh, they, you know, send you, like, the, the, the screenshot and the thing. And, okay. the, uh, and how did you celebrate? Uh, how, it, there was some drinking. Oh, fair enough. And crying and ice cream and then another book. Oh, that's how it happens. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just because then you're like, I could do this thing, you know. <laughs> do um, they send you like a plaque exciting. or something? Well, actually, that's funny you ask that. Um, my publisher um, does this thing where they send you a copy of the book leather bound oh. with your initials on it. Wow. Just like your diary yeah. that you had when you, you know. So you can't return it. Can't return no, it anywhere. Stupid. You can't send it back to Amazon. They okay. won't take it back. <laughs> um, and it's very sweet. Now, last thing I want to mention, uh, yeah. I, I did say that we've known each other for a long time. One of the things that we did, we actually did a pilot together, a TV pilot. Right. That I, right. I hosted and you were you were a panelist on. Do you remember what it was called? No idea. <laughs> That's right. Can't I don't think remember. the network I don't think the network knows either. No. Uh, it was called Shut Up and Vote. Oh yes! Oh. Right. That I remember. That's right. Now and, and it all comes as, back. As you can tell from the applause, uh, it never went anywhere. No. Um, did, did, yeah. How many pilots uh, did you do that uh, never never saw the light of day? Hence, I'm a writer oh, now. Oh, that's how there's that pain in ice cream. I did a show with the Sklar Brothers, who I still love. We did this show for ABC. It was called Dot Comedy. And you didn't see it because they canceled it 
halfway in the middle of the show. We were at a, like a, a launch party, like a, you know, a party, and it, the show was like an hour long, which was, I guess, an hour too much of the show. Even wow. one episode. 30 minutes into it, we heard, yeah, we're canceled. Wow. <laughs> canceled it during the first airing. Wow. It's harsh. Hopefully, Ooh. we'll have better luck tonight with Ms. Annabelle yes. Gurwitch. <laughs> Helen. Whom will Annabelle be playing against this evening? He is a comedian who created and stars in Crashing, which is renewed for a third season on HBO. It's Pete Holmes! Pete Holmes, ladies and gentlemen! Hi, Pete. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Wonderful to be here on the bonus stage of Street Fighter (laughs) 2. I will be throwing fireballs at you. I hope that's not going to be a problem. Summon your chief. Thanks for having me. I certainly will, my pleasure. I'm too big. Oh. Do you want to raise so your big. Yeah, no, raise your mic. Raise hard. your no, mic. No, no, it'll Do you want to raise your mic a little bit? That's to... not it. Oh, what, how do you mean then? <laughs> I just mean when I was coming up on the stage and finding these these are regular people chairs. I'm just a yeah. giant man. But now, you're charming. You're like huge but charming. Huge. Like, yeah, you have yeah. to be charming. Otherwise they get the torches right? <laughs> and the pitchforks. That's why you go friend and everything's everything's fine. I'll be just fine. Uh, Pete, I have to ask you about Crashing because I love the show and so many oh, people love you. the show. Crashing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, sure. We just got the third season. Congrats. It's funny you were talking about eating yeah. ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's what we do. Like when the show gets picked up, my wife Valerie, who's here, uh, will go out and we'll, we'll get. I'm a vegan, sorry, but I'll, we'll go get vegan ice cream. It's not as bad as it sounds. Uh, <laughs> disagree. Have yes, to it, disagree. Yes, it is. Have to disagree. I've tried it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you, guys you go out and have me. vegan ice cream and you wait for the. Because for the word? Bruce, uh, Bruce Springsteen, he's a friend. I'm kidding. Uh, he. <laughs> He said, you don't remember your album going platinum, you remember the ice cream. Mm. So when something good happens, we'll go and get ice cream, and then we'll put the receipt on the fridge, and we'll write what we were celebrating. And it really does help you kind of remember the nice... That's really sweet. I would remember if my album went platinum. (laughs) Maybe he's just had too many He's had too many. He's had too many. That's just not Bruce. And the man loves ice cream. I just pop three bottles of champagne, and then the next morning when I wake up from my blackout, I write the date on on the cork. Wow. <laughs> and how many days Another. after the opening yeah, does that happen? I don't know. Okay. Who is to know? You know, it's interesting to me that, that your show Crashing is on HBO because there's not a lot of violence or sex or, you know, kings fighting. I've never watched that Game of Thrones show. Me um, neither. Yeah, okay, what? good. I don't do realms. Never, yeah, 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 are you yeah. kidding yeah. me? Yeah. But you're, you're, it's your co-network. No, I know. I support it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the trickle down from that yeah, yeah, show they're really budgets struggling my without show. Without peace support. Yeah. Winter has never come to my house. <laughs> yeah. oh. never. In the pitch, I did say I hate shows that have like five good friends. Uh-huh. The life of a comedian is you run into Sarah Silverman right. yeah. and then you don't see her for six months. Yeah. And that's that's what I wanted to show on that. Why am I making it serious? Let's just make no, jokes. No, that's interesting. <laughs> like, you but and I have known each other for that's what I'm a saying. decade. I saw you backstage. We're happy to see each other. We pick right back up. Right. We start, talk, start talking about Bernie Sanders running again. Exactly. All these different things. Uh, yeah, she told me that. And uh, and I won't see you again for four years. Yeah. That, that is a prophecy. <laughs> that is a prophecy. It's true, yeah. But that's the life of, uh, of comics. And I think that's interesting to show that world as opposed to the constant revolving, mm-hmm. you know, standard sitcom format. Absolutely. Right. Now, another thing I want to ask you about, which I was surprised and happy to learn about, is uh, another career that you've had is as a cartoonist in The New Yorker. Yes. Which is probably what? the dream of so many nerd people. I know. <laughs> people either care a lot or not at all. Yeah. Based on applause, to steal your joke. Yeah. 
we know where we sit today. <laughs> Jack Ziegler, who recently passed away, who's another, probably one of the great all-time cartoonists for The New Yorker, he, I bothered him. This is, one, this is like a story you'd see on Crashing. As I was submitting cartoons, I really thought they were better. I, I have that... I had confidence in my work. I was like, this is better than what you're printing. Uh, like I had two avocados, one was a boy avocado, one was a girl avocado. <laughs> and the girl avocado was saying, what do you mean I'm the good kind of fat? That's a funny cartoon. <laughs> you're telling me <laughs> the shit you're printing is better than that? I dare you to read that cartoon that, that you did buy. That cartoon works in audio. Yeah, that's, that's how right. good that cartoon is. Well, they're fools. I'm just kidding. I have no ill will to them. Right. But then Jack Ziegler saw my work because I showed it to him. He was there, and everybody was very polite, and I was just like, I'm sorry to bother After you. After you asked for the bagel. I said, yeah. I'm eating a bagel. I'm having a curry. Would you please look at my work? He looked at my work. He went in, and he straight up just said, give the kid a chance, and they bought a cartoon the next week. No! So, Moxie, kid. you got to have Moxie. There, there's a time and a place for Moxie. In yeah. Crashing, we show my character does it the wrong way. Yeah. Right. But if you pick those moments and you're, and you're just the right kind of desperate, I just like telling that story. Yeah, That's I like my telling next that story. book, Just the, the Right Kind of Desperate. <laughs> what a show yeah. we have in store for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Pete Holmes and Annabelle Gerwitz, ladies and gentlemen. All right, now Pete and Annabelle, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside of your field of work in which you feel you have expertise. Annabelle, you told us you know a lot about Joni Mitchell's album, Blue. Yes, there is not a female who was growing up in the 70s who was depressed who didn't know every lyric on Joni Mitchell's album Blue. All right, and you also told us you know a lot about commercials from the 1970s. Same reason. All right. <laughs> and finally, keeping in theme, secessionist painters in Vienna. I'm <laughs> wow. I'm pretentious. All right. Uh, and Pete, you told us you know a lot about vegan nutrition. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know a lot about things. All right. Also, you said you know a lot about Judd Apatow movies. Yeah, sure. Is that for career survival, because Judd Apatow produces your show? I really don't care for the man. All right. <laughs> and finally, you said you know a lot about Mad Men. Yes, shows about one guy. <laughs> Perfect. That's all I want, one, in, in one guy. In the 1970s. Yeah. By the and, way, I, can I just mention that I uh, plan to cheat today? So ooh. I've written uh, little cheat notes on, but I have terrible handwriting. Can you handwriting. see her? You look she's, like the Zodiac Killer wrote on your arm. She scrawled stuff all the way up her Who forearm. Who wrote this, Robert I, Durst? I, I, <laughs> you misspelled yes. Beverly. It, it is scary. It. So maybe it says right. something about Mad Men. All right. Well, we'll see if that comes in handy. We appreciate your competitive spirit. Now, later on, yes. we'll be asking you some in-depth questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time oh. to split some hairs with our what the difference round. Now we're gonna have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person does have a chance to steal. Your subjects today, oh. agreements and disagreements. Look at how good you are at this. <laughs> I closed my eyes and Mark Summers was here just for a second. Oh. And that is a high compliment. That man is. is straight game show showbiz. Wow. Yes, please be careful of the falling goop. Yeah. Right. But you did have the cadence. The yeah. other team will have a chance we'll to steal. Will have a chance to steal. That is straight double dare. And Family double dare, if I dare say. Up first today, Annabelle with agreements. Annabelle, the United States enters into agreements with other nations from around the world, but not all of them are created equal. So tell us, in legal terms, what is the difference between a treaty and an accord? Ha! 
Yeah. Pete excited for his chance to steal. Uh, uh, and uh, first. At I wish these were. Yeah. Uh, and, and a cord is. Um, a treaty is longer than an accord. A treaty is longer than an accord. And lasts longer than an accord. All right. Well, we have Annabelle's answer. We don't know yet if she's correct. Pete, if you don't think she got it entirely right, you yeah. can steal. What do you think? That's a good guess. Uh, yeah. Is it, it correct? It feels though? like a guess. I, uh, okay, I'm going to say like a treaty is uh, shorter. Meaning, it's the sort of deal you make in an elevator in a okay. Montreal Hilton uh, <laughs> with like the, the king of a country on your way up. But an accord is something you make over a meal. Okay, so really it's oh, the location like of the agreement. Yeah, yeah, but it takes longer. Like an accord, what I'm saying, it takes at least six business days. Okay. <laughs> at least six business days. Which is more than a, bit, a week. That's true. And, and if there's uh, a holiday, that could be, you know, several. And a treaty you can bang out on a FaceTime call. Okay. I like that. As have some of our greatest treaties. Uh, all right, well, we must agree it is time to move on. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. An accord is an executive agreement between the U.S. and another country or countries. These executive agreements might be called accords or pacts or covenants or charters. Or Hondas. <laughs> but they can change from president to president. They are binding until the president decides that they are not. A treaty requires two-thirds approval by the U.S. Senate and becomes the law of the land until it is superseded by a new law. So as you might imagine, they're quite rare. How about an example, Helen? For example, the U.S. is part of NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and we were going to be a member of the Paris Climate Accord. Yes, but for some reason I can't recall, the U.S. is now the only country not in it. Isn't mm -hmm. that interesting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shame. Oh, yeah, glad I brought that up. Uh, so what does that mean as far as our points, Helen? Uh, I'm going to say both of you got nothing. That's and correct. Yes, both of you got nothing. And in a way, we all lost. <laughs> yes, yes, but still very entertaining. Up next, Pete, your subject today is disagreements. Pete, your topic today was submitted by a listener. Ooh. Clint Ooh. Tauscher of Los Angeles, who may or may not be here right now, says, in the past, parties in disagreements were limited to one recourse, the civil court system. Today, people at an impasse have two options, which are less formal and less expensive, but when selecting between the two, it is important to understand which solution is best for the circumstances. So, Pete, your question is this. What is the difference between arbitration and mediation? Okay, arbitration doesn't matter. It's arbitrary. Okay. <laughs> Mediation is when there's a psychic involved. <laughs> we do have Pete's answer. We oh. don't know technically if he's correct or incorrect yet. But Annabelle, yeah, you can steal. What do you think, yeah. Annabelle? Did he get it right? Okay, no. Arbitration is a contract and, a, and, you, and a, you do the thing behind closed doors, but mediation is what I'm doing in my divorce now, where you do that, it, the two parties come together and you do that around a table and no one's happy, um, or everyone's happy, and you get, a, you get an accord, this is not coming out right, this is just not coming out right. But, but it was still, we appreciate the, the, the personal mediation, revelation. Mediation <laughs> is not what Stormy Daniels and Trump are doing. What if listening to this is how your husband finds out? <laughs> <laughs> we would, It'd be, it'd be quicker than an accord. Yeah, yeah. It would not so, be called go fact yourself. Yeah. Um, um, we talked right. about her I divorce. I think I understand the two answers. Again, just as a reminder, Pete I says don't understand. a bunch of creative nonsense. <laughs> and uh, Annabelle was saying that uh, uh, mediation maybe is a negotiation that... It's uh, a negotiation around a table, around a table like an accord. And an arbitration. arbitration is a 
is a thing that happens separate from you that a judge of Stormy Daniels and Trump arbitration. No, we understand that part. That. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> it is time to end this negotiation. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Mediation is negotiation between parties where a neutral party or mediator facilitates communication and suggests options, but has no power to make decisions. Oh. Mediations only reach a successful conclusion when both parties agree on the terms of settlement at the end of negotiations. If you enter arbitration, you agree ahead of time to be bound by the decisions that the arbitrator makes. You may present evidence and argue your case, but ultimately what the arbitrator says is binding. That's right. Now, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, agreeing to binding arbitration prevents you from, from say, joining a class action lawsuit, which is why a lot of companies make you sign up for binding arbitration in the small print of their contracts. Yeah, Verizon. <laughs> That's exactly correct. Uh, so, Helen, what does that mean as far as our points? Uh, I think both of you, yeah, just sucked an egg on that one, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. if I'm going suck an egg is one yeah. of the long-forgotten <laughs> great really birds. Is. Right? Isn't that good? Yeah. Actually, if I may, I do believe that Annabelle pretty much got to the heart of what mediation is, so I think we should give her a point on that. Really? Yeah, you, don't, you disagree? You're the judge. How many people think that Annabelle should get zero points? Oh. How many Just people clint. think Annabelle should get one point? <laughs> How many people think Annabelle should get more than one point? One point for Annabelle. Hey, I feel like that was like a mediation. It really was. We like decided, now it's binding. And, and, and wow. Helen Hong is, our, uh, is yeah. our arbitrator. So Helen, what is our score at the end of that first round? At the end of the first round, Annabelle Gorwich has one point and Pete Holmes has zero points. But those yeah. scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's J. Keith Van Stratton. You know, Maximum Fun is listener-supported, and it is a great time to pledge your support. In fact, it is the time to pledge your support. The Max Fun Drive happens once a year. It's our best shows of the year. We offer great thank-you gifts. It's a celebration of all things Maximum Fun, and the best time to sign on as a member, or if you're already a member, upgrade your membership. Did you know that I am not the only one who is responsible for putting the show you were listening to together? You're not? No. In fact, I was asking the listener, but you have provided evidence. This is Laura Swisher. She's the, I'm going to say senior producer? I'm the senior producer. Senior producer of Go Fact Yourself. Laura, what do you do as senior producer? I, you know, I go down to Go Fact Yourself uh, tapings. Right. And I just say, like... Oh, did you guys mention what show's going to be on next week? I do stuff like that. Like, right? just little, or, That's you know, night of show, but what about during the week? Oh, during the week I have to deal with, for example, uh, setting up the schedule. Because we mm -hmm. have, I don't know if you know this, Jay Keith, but where we tape Go Fact Yourself, it's Angel City Brewing Company. And it is a it is a hot spot in downtown Los Angeles. There are a ton of events that are happening, and we have to coordinate that. So I I deal with like the manager to try and find the good dates for you guys. Also, what else do we do? We you do deal like, with ticketing. You deal with uh, helping us with guests. You deal with publicity. Yeah, you deal with all sorts of things. Just a lot of. Dumb little details that, if we didn't do them, would make it impossible to have the show go now, on. Now, Laura, let me ask you a question. I hope this isn't too sensitive. It is going to be too sensitive, but do I will you answer do the, it. Do you do these things for free? 
No. That's right. So, people, we've got to pay Laura. We've got to pay. Uh, there's a Bikram involved, okay? There's a Dave involved. There's a Lindsay involved. There's a Julian there's involved. There's a Julian. I, I think there's a Stacy I've heard of at some there's point. There's a Stacy. All these people do such great work on Go Fact Yourself, and they got to get paid, as I think people said in the late 2000s. You know, things cost money. They're, we've got office space. We've got equipment that uh, has to be brought in every time. You know, Angel City Brewery is a, is a great venue for us, but uh, they don't have the the professional audio podcast recording equipment and broadcast stuff that that, that we need. So we've we have an to engineer. Be in. We have an engineer right. that comes in with his own equipment to do it because we want to provide the best. Right. So uh, all of this to say, if you like Go Fact Yourself, if you like the production value as well as the content that we're providing, please consider supporting us. We do a lot of this work and we love to do it, but we can't keep doing it in the long term unless we have financial support from uh, listeners like you. And the way to do that is to go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Please become a monthly contributor. Or if you're already a monthly contributor to MaxFun, please consider upping your donation because MaxFun, as we are evidence of, is keeps adding new shows. When you do donate and become a member of MaxFun, uh, we ask you to select which shows you do listen to because your donation will be distributed uh, based on the ratio of shows that you select uh, to those shows. So you really are empowered as a MaxFun monthly donor to not only support the operations of MaxFun globally, but specifically to, to make sure that resources go to the shows that you like. So please consider doing it even at the $5 a month level. But if you're feeling like a big shot, we love big shots. Go up to $100, $200. We'll take it. Again, just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. MaximumFun.org slash donate. Laura Swisher, thanks so much for joining. Thank you, Jay Keith. You're right. I'm great. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Annabelle Gerwich with one point and Pete Holmes with zero points. Once again, here's Jay Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hong. Thanks, everybody. Annabelle Gerwich, of your many, many interests, you told us that you know a lot about Joni Mitchell's album Blue, yes. commercials from the 1970s, yes. and secessionist painters in Vienna. Maybe. <laughs> Today, we want to talk to you about... Commercials from the 1970s! Wait, wait, but my cheating thing is about secessionist painters from Vienna. I lived in Vienna. That's unfortunate oh. that the, you wrote oh, well. on your arm needlessly. Yes, um, it does. We did try to book Gustav Klimt, but he was not available for some yes. reason. Uh, well, let's talk about this. Uh, how is it that you know so much about 1970s commercials? Uh, well, like most children in the 1970s, I'm taking you back, people yes. way back. Um, you know, there were like four channels. Uh, and until the static came on and they played the, the flag-waving thing. And so, you know, this is like that sweet spot in your brain power where sadly, when you asked, what do I think I know about, the first thing that came to my mind was commercials from the 1970s, which you can never forget. Did you have any favorite commercials that you had from the 70s? They were all songs. You know, yeah. the Noxzema commercial. Oh, so you liked the jingles. I liked the jingles. Yeah, yeah Mad Men. You yeah. know, it's, it was, they were very catchy. We have similar they were categories. very yeah. catchy. The wow. Fig Newton commercial. Where's the beef? Was really, where's the beef? That was the 80s, but still, the, sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
Um, then there was like the Jello. I mean, it was like the same ones over and over, and they were like sometimes better than the shows. You know, mm. you like you looked forward to them. Wow. Now, as an, when you were working as an actress, you actually appeared in some commercials. I did so many commercials. I sold. I I sang the the um, to all beef patties. You thing. did. Yeah. I was in one of the. I was in the original Levi's 501s jeans commercials. Really? I was in the Fruit of the Loom with the Fruit Guy. I, what? I just sold everything. Wow. What's grape like? Um, <laughs> grape's not as good as apple. Oh. Apple is the thing. Don't let JP Manu hear that. He played the green grapes. Yeah, I, t- I did oh. just every every like product you can think of. Yeah. And did, did you enjoy it? You know, the money was good. Mm. It yeah. was you. You really made. You know, I, I was. It was. Um, uh, the, I mean, I shoes and shampoo you need those and rent so and I did I really did have a good time doing that now just ahead we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in 1970s commercials to test your mastery in the subject with our expert level question worth up to three points but before that we want to let you show off so here are five trivia questions about 1970s commercials each worth one point now if you want it you are allowed a hint for any two of these five questions now Pete do listen closely because if Annabelle answers incorrectly you know the correct answer you can steal Pete by the way how much do you know about 1970s commercials uh, enough. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've demonstrated all that I knew. I was born in 79, so... Oh, yeah, adorable. really. I missed it. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, well, maybe there was something in your playing while you were in your crib that you might Yeah, know. that could be. Baby yeah. Mozart, but it was the Big Mac McDLT. Yeah, we'll see. Mm. All right, here we go. singing it, wouldn't that be weird if it was... Yeah. Yeah. All right, audience, quiet, please. Here's your first question in 1970s commercials, Annabelle. What was Mr. Lee's ancient Chinese secret? Mr. Lee's, Mr. Lee's ancient, ancient Chinese secret. You do have a hint available if you'd like to use it. I'd like a hint, but do I have to get it from Pete? No, no, get it no, from Pete. No, I don't do it. Okay. Helen, how about that hint? It shared its name with a product that could take you away. Oh. oh. Yeah, okay, so Calgon was Helen, the... was it Calgon? That is correct. It is Calgon, ancient Chinese secret, huh? Oh. Now, does everyone know what that was? The Calgon take me away. That was like I a knew bath, what that was. Like yeah. bathing, right? Like, seemed like so something much stress, traffic, do. family. Calgon take me away, and then she got in a bath, and then I guess did her laundry with the same uh, products. So I don't uh, quite understand. All right, here we go. Number Creepy. two, Annabelle. Yeah. Commercials from the 1970s featured many memorable jingles, most of which were written by people we've never heard of, but many were written by someone who's had a long and successful career as a singer-songwriter, including this one. Don't not leave it unresolved. <laughs> I'm stuck on Band-Aid because Band-Aid's stuck on me. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. And you, the kids would all hold up the part of the body they were talking That's about. That's Like the finger or right. the knee point But our to question it. is, yes. who wrote that jingle as well as many others in the 1970s? Melissa Manchester. <laughs> Was it Melissa Manchester, Helen? It was not. Not Melissa Manchester. Sorry, Pete with a chance to steal. I don't know anybody that uh, wrote any jingles. I, I, uh, Boy George. Was it Boy George, Helen? It was not Boy no, George. No, it was actually Barry Manilow. Barry, Barry oh. Manilow, he wrote that. He also wrote jingles for State Farm, Stridex, and KFC. Uh, here we go, Barry Annabelle. Manilow. Number three. 
bouncy paper towels became known in the 1970s as, as the quicker picker-upper. Yes. However, our question is, they became known, as you said, as the quicker picker-upper, mm -hmm. thanks to its commercials featuring Rosie the waitress. But the actor who played Rosie also played a role between the commercials as the mom on Rhoda. Who was that actor? It wasn't Rosie O'Donnell. I just want to make that right? clear. Who played that role? <laughs> you do have a second hint available if you want it. Um, uh, yeah, I'd love a don't second hint. Don't waste your hints. I need that You either hint. know it or you don't. What is she going to say? I, Helen, how I about that I can see her. I can just okay. see her with the hair. It was sort of plastered, and she was kind of a big lady. Right. Do you want to hear the hint Generous or just want to describe lady, it Yes. Don't oh, okay. know. I want uh, you Helen, to hear the Helen, how about that second yes. hint? She shares a last name with the star of Good Times. It wasn't... Liza Minnelli. Right? So, I Annabelle, no answer from you? No answer. All right, Pete with a chance to steal. Uh, boy. Laverne and Shirley. Was it Laverne and Shirley? <laughs> it was not Laverne No, and no, Shirley. it was Nancy Walker. Nancy, Nancy Walker, Walker played the role. I think you, you had that in your head, just couldn't quite pull it. She also directed the Village People movie, Can't Stop the Music. Wow. Yes, wow. very versatile. Here we go, number four. What brand of margarine was not nice to fool Mother Nature? It, it, not a nice to fool Mother Nature. It was, you know, margarine is not good for you. I just want to say that. It's like some chemical thing, and it's... You know what? I'm going to make an executive decision that we will allow a third hint for you tonight. Would you like that third hint? Yes, I would. Helen? I think you'll come up with this answer one fine day. Lando Lakes. Was it Lando Lakes? It was not no, I'm Lando terribly Lakes. sorry, Pete, with the chance to steal. Was it Parquet? Was it Parquet? It was not Parquet. Parquet, no, it was Chiffon. Chiffon said it's not Chiffon. nice. Chiffon. Mother Nature. Oh, that thing I've so, never heard of. Yes. All right, here we go, number five. Now, this oh one God, this might be difficult. <laughs> One of the most famous commercials to come from the 1970s was a 1979 Coke commercial featuring football player Mean Joe Green tossing his jersey to a kid. What team's jersey did he toss? Green Bay Packers. Was it the Green Bay Packers? It was not the Green Bay no, Packers. No, Pete with a chance to steal. The Bears? Was it the Bears? It was not the Bears. No, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Annabelle, you, you struggled a little bit with those five questions, but now... Those weren't easy, Annabelle. I they were not easy. Thank you, Pete. But good yeah. news, Annabelle, because now here's your expert-level question. <laughs> <laughs> that requires multiple answers. It's time for your cluster fact. Ooh. The question is so high level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The answer is worth up to three points. Keep in mind, this is a game that is supposed to be fun. <laughs> For whom? For Did you improvise that? That's so funny. <laughs> Keep in mind, we're having fun. That's right. Sad. In 1973, a restaurant chain made a five-year-old boy their national spokesperson. The commercials they made became sensations, and in one of them, the boy sang a tune that was turned into a record that hit the Billboard charts, making him the youngest person ever to have a Billboard charting song, a record that still stands today. For up to three points, name the restaurant chain, the five-year-old boy, and the name of the song he recorded. <laughs> this, this is my worst nightmare. Um, that... Just pick a restaurant chain. Okay. McDonald's. All right. And how about a boy's name? Pete. Holmes. Holmes. Pete Holmes. And how about the name of a song title? Uh, the song title would be uh, Memories from Cats. Memories from Cats. All right. For some reason, Helen is taking note of those answers. I am being diligent. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure the answer. Helen, who do we have with us tonight? Here with us tonight, we have an actor who, as a five-year-old, 
was the national spokesperson for a restaurant chain and recorded a billboard charting song is Rodney Allen Rippey. Rodney Allen Rippey, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Mr. Rippey. It's wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to see you. Welcome. Yes, sir. All right. Now, you, at five years old, were the national spokesperson for a restaurant chain. How Actually, you... three and a half. At three and a half. Three and okay. a half. Three and a half. Oh, well, that's yeah. why she didn't get it because I yes. said three. I said five you, instead of three and a half. Totally yeah. misled me you. Up. Yes. So how did how at three and a half did you get the gig yeah. being a national spokesperson? Uh, it just started out of my first audition. I did what? not. What? Your first audition wow. ever? My very first audition. Wow. Um, believe it or not, they gave every kid. There were a hundred kids called in and they actually gave us a hamburger, uh -huh. and they wanted to see how we handled it, how we dealt with it. That sounds and dirty. That this was kid's it. trying to put it in his ear. That sounds wow. wrong. Pete, you would have had a lot of trouble with that as a vegan. Yeah. I would have, I would yeah. have thrown yeah. it in their faces. Oh. Well, you they, must have been a really cute kid. Well, if you want to check out the commercial, just go to YouTube, type in Rodney Allen Rippey, Jumbo Jack, and you'll actually see the audition that became the very first commercial wow. for me. Haven't I seen you on TV before? Yeah. What's your name? Rodney. Rodney what? Rodney Allen Rippy. What's that in front of you? A Jumbo Jack. A Jumbo Jack? From Jack in the Box. Did you ever get a bite out of it? It's too big to eat. You think you'll be able to get a bite now? Give it a try, Rodney. Tell us how you like it. I can't, I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like they should bring you back because the commercials Aww. they have now, first of all, you're so adorable, entertaining. The, the, you know the thing they have, the jack in the butt, the head, weird? Yeah. yeah. I, I find that very disturbing. <laughs> hey, well, and you know. You have no comment. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I don't know you if think it's a fine campaign. Me, yeah, but my, my client is open to returning, but he finds the current <laughs> exactly, campaign exactly. to be entertaining, informative, I and wonderful. Like this guy. <laughs> this is like, like an arbitration guy. happening. Hey, we can work together. Yeah, that's right. right. Me and I'll the get... big head guy, we mesh uh, yeah, great. Yeah, that's right. Those two guys together, two great tastes, taste great. He can sing, number one hit, make... Lightning strike twice. Burn. All right, but I remember, I remember as a kid seeing you on award shows and seeing you on talk shows. Yes. What, what are some of the memories you have of, of those kinds of appearances? I again, thank God, I had so many. First, I did the very first American Music Awards with Dick Clark, and go on to YouTube, type in Rodney Allen Rippey, <laughs> and put Michael Jackson. You'll see me, Michael Jackson, Donny Osmond, and Ricky Siegel from the Partridge Family, who's a dear friend and a dear bro. Wait you know. a minute, that's what. She has good cheat notes. Tell us about some of the stuff that you're up to today. I know you're still acting. Gosh, you I just now, I just now, I got a spoof comedy that just now came out, and it's, uh, it's called How He Goes to Hollywood. So it's going to be a funny piece. Andre Kincaid is Howie, Patrick Gallagher, Altila from Knights of the Museum and Movies, and Lazarus Gundry. There, we're all in it together, and so. I went and did, I was just gonna do an, a guest on it, and they called me back and made me a regular, so we got that happening, and I'm, I'm working on my autobiography, and just staying happy and cool. Absolutely. Wow. There you go. That's awesome. All right, now let's get to the, let's get to the game portion, the, the reason that we brought you here tonight. You heard the questions that we asked Annabelle. We wanted uh, to know what was the restaurant chain that made the five-year-old boy their spokesperson. Let's, Helen, remind everyone of the answer that Annabelle gave us. Annabelle said McDonald's. And? 
Rum. No. It's, what it's was it, of course? Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box, as we said. Go. Okay. We also asked her the name of that five-year-old boy. Helen, what did Annabelle say? She said Pete Holm. Who, in fact, was that? It is me, Rodney Allen. <laughs> That's right. And go. finally, we asked her the name of the song that uh, was spawned from that commercial. Helen, what was Annabelle's answer? Annabelle said Memories from Cats. <laughs> Close. Close. In fact, it was called... Take life a little easier. Excellent. That, that, I get a point for that. How is that possible? Because, you know, it has the same message. <laughs> you know, take life a little easier because yeah. you're making cats. memories from cats. Five-year-old boy, aging woman cat. <laughs> exactly. All right, and finally, uh, Mr. Rippey, if people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they find you? You can definitely catch me on Facebook, Rodney Allen Rippey Official. Say hello to me on Instagram and talk to these guys. They know where to find me. We're certainly happy that we did find you, Mr. Rodney Allen Rippey. Truly. All right, Helen, let's get a score recap as we go into our next round. At the end of that round, Annabelle Gerwich has two points, and Pete Holmes has zero points with a round of questions coming up. All right, that's right. We're going to talk with Pete about... your delight. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We're going to talk with Pete about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Pete and Annabelle will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Go Fact Yourself! Once again, Rodney Allen Rippey. Hey everyone, Jake Keith here with my co-creator, co-writer, the director of Go Fact Yourself, Jim Newman. I'm all those things. Hello. <laughs> hey. So uh, Jim and I created the show. Uh, we write and produce it every week. Uh, Jim directs it. And uh, Jim, w- what do you think makes uh, Go Fact Yourself different in, in the way that uh, people would want to help support it? First of all, it's every other week. For okay, now, great. for now, unless we get a lot of donations. <laughs> oh, that's true. Then perhaps we can go weekly. That's right. That's called a stretch goal. Yes. Uh, but why our show? But we're trying to do something a little different where we're going to be in front where we are in front of a live audience, but that takes a lot of equipment. I mean, most podcasts have one, two microphones. We have seven. Why that's Twice as many. Exactly. And we've got people running all that equipment, and we've got people editing all of that stuff, and that costs a lot of money. You know, at the end of every show, uh, we read a list of thank yous, and those are all entirely sincere because those are all people who contribute to the show in some way, either by helping us uh, find other guests, by taking photos. It takes a lot of people power to make an episode of Go Fact Yourself happen, and so uh, we we really appreciate your support in becoming a monthly member. And uh, we've got some great incentives and uh, member gifts for you if you uh, if you pledge. In fact, if you pledge just five dollars a month, you get exclusive bonus content, Jim. Do you even know what that bonus content is? We're about to record it. That's and right. I promise it will be great. It uh, is. Essentially what it is is our, our show notes. So if you're if you're curious about what goes into the making of each episode of sort of what the origin story of the whole show is, uh, we're going to spend some time talking about how the show came together and then specifically how each episode came together, uh, how you ended up hearing what you heard or how you almost ended up hearing something completely different. So there's some interesting stories about how we get some of these guests, how we get some of these experts, and I think you're going to enjoy hearing that. Now, if you donate at the $10 a month level, uh, this is re- I'm legitimately excited about. Uh, we Somebody made an enamel pin of our show. It's, it's, a, it's based on our logo. It's got a brain with a little, uh, uh, what do you call those lines? Excitement lines? Alive lines? I don't know animation. Stink lines? There you go. <laughs> it's a oh, they're stinky not, brain. They're not, they're not wavy. They're, they're not straight. wavy. Exactly. Uh, this is uh, an enamel pin that was designed by Megan Lynn Cott. Uh, she does brand new designs for every Max Fun show. So even if you don't want 
the Go Fact Yourself one for some reason. Uh, you can get one for any of the shows. Uh, you can get that only, I believe, if you contribute during the Max Fun Drive. So if you're at all interested in this really cool-looking enamel pin uh, designed by Megan Lynn Cott, uh, as well as getting a Max Fun membership card, please consider donating and pledging to the $10 per month level. Now, if you want to go beyond that, my goodness, we certainly encourage that because at $20 a month, you get the Max Fun Family Cookbook and to put that cookbook to use, a set of three handsome space-themed cookie cutters. They were curated for you by uh, Max Fun Host. The book contains, I'm going to say, dozens of recipes, from cocktails to desserts and everything in between. It's the perfect thing to read and make while you're listening to your favorite podcast. And if you want to move up to $35 per month, you get a rocket-engraved juice carafe. I'm going to guess that that wasn't engraved by a rocket. I'm going to guess that it was engraved into the shape of a rocket. Uh, a juice carafe at $35 a month. Plus, is this right, Lindsay? Everything else that we've already described? So at $35, you're getting the exclusive bonus content, the enamel pin, the cookbook, the cookie cutters, the carafe, and, oh, maybe that's not enough for you because you want to be a Mr. or Ms. or gender fluid fancy pants. Uh, well, guess what? At $50 per month, you get a metal engraved Max Fun membership card plus the carafe and the cookie cutter and the thing and the, and the partridge and a pear tree. Then at $100 a month, oh my God, I, I think at $100 a month, I will personally come and, and shake your hand. Uh, not valid in the United States or the world. Uh, you get a membership in the Inner Circle, which is our monthly culture club, plus you get immortalization at the Max Fun HQ. Then at $200 a month, you get a free registration at MaxFunCon 2019. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but there's a certain trivia-based show that may be coming to MaxFunCon 2018. And if things go well with this pledge drive, could be coming to 2019. So please make sure to check that out. We're not behind a paywall. You know, right now, uh, t uh, if people want to come see the show live, that's free. People want to download the shows once they're recorded and edited, that's free. So really, th th we're asking people, if you feel good or happier or smarter after you listen to Go Fact Yourself, give us a few bucks. You know, let us let us know that you appreciate it, and uh, we promise we're going to put that money to good use. Again, you do that at MaximumFun.org slash donate, MaximumFun.org slash donate. Make sure that uh, when you make your donation, which we really appreciate, that you select Go Fact Yourself as a podcast you listen to so that the money gets uh, distributed properly. Well, so they know. Yeah. They know what you're listening to. Exactly. And that we know, and we know exactly how much to love you. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for donating to the Max Fund Drive. And now... Here's some more show. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Annabelle Gerwich with two points. And don't, Pete... don't recap don't the scores. <laughs> you yeah. just did it. An ad for Squarespace isn't going to make anyone forget that I have zero points. Or that I have two. And so had so many chances, too. I think most people are going to be surprised that Annabelle is winning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I say that with play. love. I say but that I'm having love. a great time. I'm this so is, happy to hear this that. This is an excellent show, and, and, and I love to meet Rodney. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. We're happy wonderful. to have you what as well. What were you doing at three and a half? It kind of makes you feel like it's all been downhill since then. Yes. <laughs> Once again, here's J.K. Vance Rodney. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we are having a great time tonight, and now it is time to talk with Mr. Pete Holmes. Pete, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about vegan nutrition, yeah. Judd Apatow movies, yeah. and Mad Men. Yeah. Today we're going to talk to you about Mad Men. Oh, good. Yay. No one wanted it to be vegan nutrition. <laughs> no. 
All the answers were going to be tofu. Oh, yeah. God. That's not nutrition. Or That's a killer. cashew cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, tell us about Mad Men. Uh, why do you know so much and like the show so much? It, it, it's every episode, I think, Matt Weiner, who created it, created this like show that you don't have to necessarily know what's going on. It's a feel show. It's a place that you visit. Everyone's drinking and smoking and dressed beautifully, and it makes you feel like you're doing okay. Wait, is that an actual <laughs> term, that, like, a, like a TV network term, a feel show? No, I just made that up. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But you know it what really I mean? Like some, yeah, it's making, really creates yeah. an Some shows, show. some movies, you just want to visit them. Yeah. And I want to visit Mad Men. I love the office. I love the sounds of the phones. I love the way they smoke. I love the way, yeah. everything about it. It really does feel like you've been transported to the yeah. 60s. Absolutely. Yeah. And the first three seasons were shot, I hope that's one of the questions, were shot on film. And those are even the, I, those are my favorite seasons. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite episode or a favorite moment from the show? Uh, Could boy. you pretend that you do? So it's Yeah, sure. Yeah. I love any episode where John Hamm goes, what do you want to hear? Which is what he says in almost every episode. <laughs> it was in his contract. He needs yeah. to say, Birdie, or what do you want to hear? Yeah. yeah. Well, Pete, uh, as you know, we, we do book an expert to uh, come on and, and uh, talk about uh, the topic with you. I have to say, we talked to more than one person uh, who said, oh, I can't do the show, but you got to get good questions because Pete Holmes really knows his stuff. Oh, wow. How do they know that you know your stuff of Mad Men? I did, uh, well, John Hamm's done my podcast, uh, which is called You Made It Weird. It's a great episode, John Hamm. Um, I'm trying to think of other Mad Men people have done it. Rich Summer did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did a bowling show with them where I bowled with the cast of Mad Men. Really? And I heckled them as their characters. <laughs> <laughs> I would yell out, like, you blue Mohawk Airlines. Like, it, it failed. <laughs> like, you really didn't do well. I scrubbed the ground like, uh, like Megan. Remember when, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if you saw Megan scrub the ground sexy? So when John Hamm was bowling, I would get on all fours <laughs> and scrub the ground to distract Well, you him. really have watched every episode yeah. multiple times. I'm going to be very embarrassed if I can't uh, get at least one of these questions. Well, let's right. get wow. to that impossible embarrassment now. Uh, just ahead, we're going to have a bona fide expert in Mad Men to test your mastery. But before that, here's a chance to show off. Here are your five trivia questions oh, about boy. the topic, each worth a point. And again, you do have two hints available if you want them. Or maybe you feel you don't want to I don't them. know, buddy. I'm really, I'm having fun either way. But let's All right, see anyway, if I here get we go. on the board. Now, Annabelle, of course, if Pete gets any of them wrong, you can steal. How much do you know about Mad Men, by the way? Calgon, take me All away. Right, fair I was a big fan uh, of everything and everyone in the show who I played their mothers. And uh, I know, some, I know right. some stuff. Well, let's see if you get an opportunity. Here we go. Questions about Mad Men, number one for Pete Holmes. Don Draper worked in an ad agency, of course, but that agency changed its name more than once. Uh-huh. Name two of the names the agency had during the series. Well, Sterling Cooper and Sterling Cooper Draper Price. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Sterling Cooper and Partners is the, uh, is the then, third one. Oh, yeah. Sterling Cooper, Draper Price, and Shaw, which is Sterling Cooper and a partner. And partners. All right. Very good. Here we go, number two. So through those seven seasons of Mad Men, eight different actors played Don and Betty Draper's son, Bobby, but only one played their daughter. Who? What's the name of the actress? What's the name of the actor? Yeah, I'm not good at stuff like that. You do have a hint available. Yeah, but what could a hint for a name be? Unless you're just like, it rhymes with Ellie Baldgon. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't want a hint. I don't want to I think you should hint. take the hint. Really? I'll yeah. take the hint. Helen? It rhymes. <laughs> Your hints for Pete are better than my hints. It rhymes with Beer Nun Bipka. I'm going through the credits. <laughs> Maybe fast forward a little bit. Uh, Sheernan Gipka? Is it Sheernan Gipka? It is not. Annabelle, a chance to steal. I know her name starts with a K, 
and it, I've never you heard it so said fun. out loud. Okay. So it's like like Voldemort. Kiernan. And the last name? It's like Kripka. Kiernan Kripka. Is it Kiernan Kripka? It is not Kiernan. No, Kripka. I'm sorry. It's Kiernan Shipka. Fun fact: She started on, the, on that show when she was six years old and stayed throughout the run. All right, here we go. Number three. Pete, in season six, Pete Campbell rushes into an elevator where Bob Benton asks, how are you? Pete's answer has become an internet meme. What is the answer? Not great, Bob. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. (laughs) Uh, Here we go, number four. Mad Men featured many imaginary ad campaigns for real-life companies, but also for fake companies. Which one of the following companies existed only in the Mad Men universe? Or Mad Meniverse? Uh, Nah. Uh, here we I go. Like Which one of these? You like that? I liked it. Here we go. Which one of these was not a real company? Butler Footwear, uh-huh. Accutron Watches, United Fruit, Glow Coat Floor Wax, or Secor Laxatives? Well, I mean, I feel like it's United Fruit, but I can't be sure. What were the first two? Butler Footwear, Accutron Watches, United Fruit, Glow Coat Floor Wax, or Secor Laxatives? Sounds so fake. Accutron sounds so fake. You still have Audience a hint, yeah, you do still have a hint Oh, I'll take the hint. All right, Helen? Butler footwear still exists. I'm going to say it's Accutron watches is fake. Helen? That is not correct. Not correct. Annabelle with a chance to steal. Oh, I spelled United it out Fruit. Is it United Fruit? It is not United Fruit. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Secor Laxatives was the one that was made up. United Fruit still Really? Ex- yeah, United that sounds Fruit. So real. I'm glad if you're gonna be wrong, be like yeah. really wrong. Yeah. No, that was Annabelle's That's strategy. Good. <laughs> um, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Your dear, dear friends who you never are see each other. a better Mark Summer. You're Mark. <laughs> And finally, Pete, here is number five. This one might be a little tricky for you. Okay. Mad Men had a very memorable theme song, as you've demonstrated, but it was not an original composition written for the show. What was the name of the theme song? I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll guess that the song is called. Take life a little easier. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we asked for an answer. Helen, is that correct, though? That is not correct. Not correct, but very much appreciated. (laughs) Annabelle, another chance to steal. You know what the song is called. It's called Memories from Cats. Memories from Cats, (laughs) Helen. That is not correct. No, no, this was hard. It was called... Memories, memories. Meow, meow. It was called that. It yeah. was in my mind. Yes. yes, in fact, it was actually called A Beautiful Mind. A Beautiful Mind oh. by an artist named RJD2. RJ. RJD2. RJD2. The upgrade. Right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, All right, Pete, you did pretty well with that, but now it is time for your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It's time for your cluster fact. Ooh. Oh, I thought that was the audience. That's an audio clip. I thought you guys were just really good. No, it really is. No, it's them. They did it? They really did that. (laughs) Wow. I know. Pete's mind is blown. Yeah, you should do sound effect work. All right, here we go. Uh, We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The correct answer is worth up to three points. One of the running jokes at the ad agency was an executive who drew a comic strip on the side. He got the last laugh, though, as in the final season of the show, he left the agency after selling the strip to a company in Japan to make it into a cartoon. For up to three points, what was the name of the character, who was the actor who played him, and what was the name of the comic strip? Alan Havey played him. That's one. Uh, It's called something... I'm going to think out loud. It's called something like do tea or something. It's like, like it's a pun 
an army pun, because it's a Beetle Bailey knockoff. And it's something like uh, Lieutenant, something like that. Ooh, those are both excellent, if they're not correct. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it was called Lieutenant, and Lieutenant. it's Alan Havy. And the character's name, I don't remember. But if you had to guess one um, for entertainment purposes? Campbell, get down to his office. <laughs> oh, the new guy? You mean... <laughs> He's not going to last very long. Don will be back. But don't tell... <laughs> that. Sham Dilworthy. <laughs> All right, just as a reminder, Helen Sham Dilworthy, Alan Havy, and Lieutenant. All right, we have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Is Helen. it Alan Havy? Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is an actor and comedian who appeared as an executive on Mad Men. It's Alan Havy. Alan Havy! My old friend. John Hamm canceled, that's why I'm here. <laughs> well, no. it is Sunday. A lot of people yeah. are having Hamm I didn't know tonight. I was going to be the last goddamn guy on the show. I've been here. I just finished a gig in the desert. I'm sitting back there. I go, Jesus Christ, move this show along. <laughs> Alan Havy, surly as always. Alan was on Crashing. That's right. He was yeah. on season one of Crashing, and you're, and you're phenomenal. Well, thank you, buddy. It's and, good to see you. Well, it's great to and see you. And the first time I met him was on the set. Yeah, that's right. I had heard of you and been and warned now... about you, but um, <laughs> when I, I was in London, I came back, and I, I walked on set, met Pete, and couldn't have been nicer. So. Well, Excellent we had a great time, you. and yeah. you, I, do, I love saying this every time it comes up. You improvised a wealth of your lines, well, and we really appreciate it. He's so funny on it. Season one. Alan, how did you get the gig on Mad Men? Because people probably recognize you as a, as a great touring comedian as someone who's been on TV making a lot of comedy appearances. This Nobody dramatic. recognizes me as a great turn. I was trying to be nice. No, Thank I, you, I know, but you failed. No, um, no, but for real. No, for real, you are, you are um, a very accomplished stand-up comedian. Thank you. We've seen you in guest spots on comedies. How did you get a recurring thing on a drama? Well, originally I went into audition for Bobby Draper. Uh, <laughs> but if only it had tall. gone to a season eight. Yeah, huh? yeah. Um, I auditioned in season two for the doctor that interviews Peggy after mm -hmm. she has the baby. Oh. And I didn't get it, went to a younger guy because he was supposed to be an intern. So I just bugged my manager, just get me in the goddamn door. And then uh, season six, I got in and uh, I auditioned. And when I got it, the, the, the script, I go, I know this guy. This is a combination of my dad and a lot of his friends from the 60s. We weren't all born in 79, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I did two episodes, and I went, wow, I've been on my favorite show. That's it. Then they called me back, and I had to re-audition. What? I had to re-audition because they were going to extend the part of Lou Avery. Lou Avery! Yeah, like you know it. It should have been sham. Dude, I like kinda, that thing. I said lieutenant. Maybe it was kind of no, sleeping in there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. Your wife's here tonight. I'm being kind. <laughs> and no, I had to re-audition because Weiner wanted to make sure I could handle more than one page of dialogue. Yeah. And now by the time season six came around, people knew that the show was a success. You had said it was already your favorite show. So what, what was it like to be on set knowing that something was, was already going to be seen and be popular and be great? Absolutely crazy happy, and I had to sign a NDA, non-disclosure agreement. I couldn't tell anyone. Right. So it was weird. I lied to everybody except for my wife. 
which is very unusual. And <laughs> Usually it's the opposite? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, a couple friends, people asked me, hey, are you coming back season seven? Because I, I haven't heard anything, but I was sitting on all this excitement. Wow. And you know, I, just, uh, I was hoping I was doing a good job, you know, because a comedian, we know if we suck because no one's laughing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they, they liked my work and they kept uh, having fun with the part. Jed loved it. That's why he was like, we got to get Alan because we were, we're both obsessed with Mad Men and we knew you from that show. Yeah, I, I heard from Judd, so it, it was great to hear from a bunch of people I hadn't heard from and, of course, everybody you went to school with. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a, a counselor. That happened when I did the Zima spots, too. <laughs> it just didn't have the same, you know, it didn't go over the same way. Nobody asked for their money back. Um, <laughs> the LaCroix of booze. <laughs> No, but, you were saying, Alan, sorry? Uh, no, I had a, a high school guidance counselor. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go to community college and get my degree, then go to Florida State, be a theater major, and then go to New York and be an actor. And he looked at me like, you know, I told him I wanted to be a serial killer. Nobody, <laughs> this is back before. Now, if you have a kid and they want to, you know, you support anything you do. But uh, the same people that kind of made fun of me and discouraged me those are the first people I heard from. Of course. Oh, wow. That was, that was one of the and lines. And it's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan, let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight as far as our game goes. Okay. Uh, you heard the question that we asked Pete. We wanted him to name the character uh, who we were talking about in Mad Men. Now, Alan, let's remind everyone of the character <laughs> name that Pete gave us. Pete said, Sham Dilworthy. <laughs> Alan, is that correct? Almost. <laughs> no, the uh, name of the character was Lou was Avery. Was Lou Avery, of yeah. course. We asked Pete to name the actor who played him. I think by now we know, Helen, it was... Alan Havy. And Alan, who was that? Who was what? It was you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. that's what I was trying to get you to say. No, I'm really tired, man. Alan, I just can I ask a full week in a gig. Can I ask you a question? Sure, go ahead. Did I, you, you... No, you did not play my mother. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, when will I get to play your mother? Now the question was, when you went off to the, go to Japan in the show, right? Um, I had a, I was, I, I felt that was like a little bit of like, I don't want to say jumping the shark, but I thought, really, is this really gonna? Did you have a like, that was like supposed to be. It's not giving me a good look, people. Well, I think no, no, that no, was I, based I, on a real story, though, I, right? Wasn't that I, based I, on, on a... It just seems so kind of like, wow, really? Yeah. I just, and then did, did you have an idea, like, oh, the character's going to go and live there? Like, for did you know oh, what was I, the story? Oh, I pitched like, uh, to AMC at Tokyo Lou. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite of the Wait, Fast and Furious movies. nobody else felt like that was kind of far-fetched? No, no. That would, Anna, would go Anna, off to Japan to do that. No, no, because an animated company was over there. They liked the idea. Mm -hmm. Lou was pitching to Hanna Barbera, right. and, and uh, you know, well, well, I guess I, it was what a, happened was yeah. Lou went to Japan, made an, you know a reference to Pearl Harbor. They fired him, so he opened up a geisha house. That's the backstory that you have. That's, yeah, the that's, that's, yeah, what, that's I what I, I was wondering. It's a shame we couldn't get that spinoff. Yeah, um, Roger like Sterling it. would approve. Yes, he would. All right, finally we asked Pete to name the comic strip that was turned into a cartoon. Helen, what was Pete's answer? Pete said, Lieutenant. Very clever, but was that correct, Alan? No, it was not. What was it called? Scout's Honor. Scout's <laughs> Honor. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Alan, where can people find you if they want to see your work as they should? Uh, AlanHavey.com. Uh, I'll be coming up on season three of Billions. Yes. Uh, Billions of dollars. And uh, I'll be at the uh, Edinburgh Festival this August. Oh, fun. And I, and I work at the Hermosa Comedy Club, sometimes at the Improv. And you go to alanhavey.com. What are you doing at the Edinburgh Theater Festival? Stand up. 
Well, oh, okay. It's a no, French no, festival. Right. They yeah. have stand-up. They have yeah. theater. They no, also I, I did a play and, and there. And I'm going to juggle, yeah, I did, too. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's crazy. The shows go on, like, all night long. It's yeah, 24 I, hours a day. It's, it's insane. I'm 63. i got to do it before I die. Yeah. You know? Well, we're certainly glad you did this before you died. Mr. Alan Havey! That was a segue. Helen, how about a score recap as we go into our final round? At the end of that round, Annabelle Gerwich has two points and Pete Holmes has three points. A very close game. Who could have seen that coming? Now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'm going to read ten statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Annabelle and alternate between each guest. We'll keep the discussion to a minimum. Good luck with these two. Each correct answer is worth <laughs> one point. And again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Annabelle, Chris Hemsworth is native to Australia. False. Incorrect. No, he is. Pete, giraffes are native to Australia. False. Correct. That's right, it's Africa. Annabelle, David Allen Greer played Jackie Robinson in a Broadway musical. True. Correct. That's right, it was called The First. Pete, Tommy Toon played Larry Bird in a Broadway musical. False. Correct. Annabelle, the can in canola oil is short for Canada. No, false. Incorrect. No, it is. Pete, Nabisco made a watermelon Oreo. True. Correct. In 2013. Annabelle, rocker Alice Cooper wrote a book about golf. Yeah, true. That's Correct. right. It was called Alice Cooper Golf Monster. Pete, Alice Cooper owns a Dairy Queen in Brownsboro, Kentucky. True. Incorrect. No, I'm sorry. It's actually in Louisville, Kentucky. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. It isn't <laughs> you watermelon Oreo. <laughs> That seems like triple racist. Uh, Annabelle. Annabelle, Alice Cooper is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. True. That, Correct. He was inducted in 2011. And finally, Pete, Alice Cooper is in the White Castle Hamburgers Hall of Fame. False. Incorrect. No, he was inducted in 2014. <laughs> Let's give a nice hand to both of our contestants, Sweet Holmes and Anna Gorwich. All right, Helen, are you ready to announce a winner in tonight's episode of Go Fact Yourself? I am. At the end of the game, Annabelle Gerwich has five points and Pete Holmes has six points. Of course, game! Pete Holmes, congratulations. You are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. Pete, Thank you. What will you do with your championship? Well, I'm going to go on eBay and buy some watermelon Oreos. All right, as you should. Uh, I'm taking him to arbitration. I feel I was robbed of half a point. Well, even if you had had that half point. It would have been closer. It would have been closer, you're right. You know what, in better. that case, our final score, Helen? Five, Annabelle Gerwich has five and a half points and Pete Holmes has six points. What a difference. All right, we want to give a chance for you to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Annabelle, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me watching Crashing, because uh, I'm still working my way through season two at AnnabelleGerwich.com. AnnabelleGerwich.com, it's Annabelle Gerwich. <laughs> Pete Holmes, where can people find you? Uh, because these are lovely podcast listeners, I'd like to plug my own podcast called You Made It Weird. Uh, we have over 400 episodes. Uh, we always talk about God, comedy, and uh, love. It's, it's deep, so if you ever wanted to know what a celebrity thinks about Seth Rogen, does he believe in God? Listen to You Made It Weird. And also, please watch Crashing on HBO. Mr. Pete Holmes, thank you so much. Thank you very much. This is fun. Your co-host, you lucky, lucky people, has been Ms. Helen Hogg. Thank you. You can follow me on all the socials at Funny Helen Hong, because some other girl named Helen Hong has my handles. And she is not, she's, her handle is not funny, yep, Helen Yep, she's Hong. not the funny one. This yep. one's the funny one. Ms. Helen Hong, ladies and gentlemen.
Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith, on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. And that just leads me to thank Annabelle Gerwich, Pete Holmes, Rodney Allen Rippey, Alan Havey, Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night! Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, like Duke Mantee 2 did. He, she, or they said, the game setup is clever, hosts keep the show moving, and the guests are interesting. New favorite. Thanks, Duke Mantee 2. Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. David McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Tatiana Davidoff, Matt LeBeau, Leora Saul, Mike Avianos, Cody Lawrence, Daniela Zeltzer, and Christine Vallada. I've been Helen Hong. Thanks, everyone. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.